Hey, podcast listeners, this is Pastor Freddie T. of Real Life Church. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Hey, I love you, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Whether you're a real lifer or just somebody that's benefiting from our ministry, uh, I'm grateful. Uh, I pray for you. And if I've not met you yet, would you come up and say hello on a Sunday? Um, look forward to meeting you. I'm super fired up for you guys to get to meet our guest uh, today, and we've got some exciting things ahead, so stay tuned. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Yo, podcast people. All right, I got sad and happy news. This is Pastor Freddie T. I'm not in the lounge. I'm in the study. And uh, I hope that each one of you can sometime see the study. It is my happy place. Um, Okay, here's the sad news. The sad news is the man, the myth, the legend, the infamous, the one-of-a-kind, Jonathan Vinson, JV is taking a temporary slash permanent leave of absence from the podcast. All right, so everybody knows JV's brilliant. JV is funny. JV is witty. JV has the deep, perfect podcast voice. Uh, But because he has his priorities in line, that's a silly statement because when the word priority came into the English language, it was only singular. Uh, but because Jonathan has his life ordered well, he's saying yes to more important things than the podcast. I'm not saying that your time is not worth giving it to listening to the podcast, but I am saying I'm proud of Jonathan for making a hard decision. He had to pull away from the podcast, but here's what we pro- here's what I promise you, podcast listeners. I promise you that we will have a farewell, a farewell podcast session with JV. And uh, so it's coming before Christmas. I made him promise me we would do a farewell session. So that's the sad news. I know, I know. I hate to bring that to you on the front end of the podcast today. The happy news is today we've got Grant Louder on the podcast. Grant, what is up, my brother? What is going on? Happy and humbled to be here. I like what you said. You said temporary slash permanent leave of absence. So maybe I'll be temporary, permanent on the podcast, there you but happy, go. happy to be here. We're going to give Grant like a 90-day trial on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So write in your love mail, write in your hate mail, yeah. you know. If his voice is too squeaky, you know, if he uh, if he rambles on and on and makes no sense. Um, but no, I, we're, Grant actually has a podcast of his own. I do. A vodcast of your own. Yeah. Um, Grant, I got tons of questions about you. Um, but I want to say thanks for jumping on the podcast with me today. Thanks for sticking your big toe into real life podcast. And um, uh, will you will you jump on here and join me in the coming weeks? And absolutely, yeah. The fact that you asked me to be on this extremely humbled and pumped to 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 be on the podcast. So absolutely, awesome. All right, so we're in the study here. Yep. Uh, is this you've been in the study before? But the last time you were here, did I have this this little fancy? Uh, cold brew coffee maker? No, you didn't. And I, I assumed what it was. And I know you said you're a coffee snob, but yeah, I think that most Almost might might be bit. the snobbiest thing <laughs> <laughs> I've seen is that contraption. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the very faithful DJ Daniel Cox is uh, DJ in this morning. Maybe DJ Daniel Cox can leave a link to the Yama. I got this on Amazon. And our uh, our in-house uh, overseas worker, Jacob Miller, mm. uh, works down at Plumline Coffee. Yep. And Jacob kind of talked me through which ones to get. But this is actually what Plumline uses to make our iced coffee okay. on Sunday morning. They just use a giant version. Okay. This, so this is like a baby version. But it makes such good cold brew. It's like Breaking Bad of coffee. That's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what I think of. Have you do you watch Breaking Bad? I've or? seen it. It was back in college, and it was like going viral. But yeah, I have how many seen seasons it. are there on Breaking Bad? Uh, I would say like five to seven would be my guess. 
that five range. to seven. Yeah. And it's out, it's out of Brooklyn. A guy's making meth in his house in Brooklyn, right? Yep. That's the, you know, I've, yeah. I've never watched Breaking Bad. It's, I'm so uncultured. Greg. Yeah, it's, I don't know how edifying it is uh, <laughs> of a TV show. I'm not sure I would formally recommend it, but uh, it's good. So this coffee, this cold brew drip, it like, uh, like it takes hours for the, for the water to drip through the coffee and make the cold brew. But it's, um, it's a, uh. It looks like a science experiment. Mm-hmm. It looks like a science lab. So, anyways, there you go. That's what I'm sipping this morning. What are you sipping, Grant? Just normal. I guess people call it drip coffee. I yeah. just call it pot coffee. Well, here's the real question. What kind pot. of coffee? It's Starbucks. It is Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. That or Don't 8 o'clock cur- curse coffee. Cursing my presence. Yeah. Cursing my presence. <laughs> With cream, sugar, and cinnamon. <laughs> really? So, I'm just Are you serious? All of, yeah. 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 The girls would be proud. The no girl, offense, ladies. It, it, no offense, yeah, ladies. Yeah. It's not flavored creamer. It's just non-flavored half and half. Real so cinnamon. Real cinnamon. Di- real cinnamon. Out of a cinnamon shaker. Yes. Okay. I don't know what fake cinnamon would be. Yeah, it'd be like that stuff you'd pour in. Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't know they had that. Yeah, yeah. All Um, right, Grant. You ready for 20 questions? uh, I'll do my best. We want the podcast listeners to get to know you a little bit. I'm an open book, so let's go. Um, So, uh, Grant, tell us, where were you born? Who were you born to? Do you have siblings? Go. So I was born in Nashville, uh, grew up in Nolensville, Tennessee, if y'all are familiar with that kind of area, about 20 minutes south of Nashville, born to Jay and Laura Louder. Um, I have one older brother, Paul, and two younger sisters, Christiana and Mara. All of us live in kind of the surrounding Nashville area. Nice. Us being the furthest in Clarksville. Yeah, Grant, I want to I want to get to your I want to get to your spiritual story. Before I do though, I want to talk about your name a little bit. What's your full name? Grant Owen Louder. So before we turn the mic on, we were talking about Owen. Yep. And I was telling you about the great Puritan John Owen, mm-hmm. but you were not named after him. No. Yeah. John Owen is the great Purit- Puritan that said we must always be killing sin or sin will be killing us. Yep. Very wise. John Owen. All right. Grant Owen Lauda. Yes. Lauda. Louder with a W. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when yeah. This morning I was in the shower thinking about our podcast and like the Northeastern like Lauda. Like, so I'm, I'm curious. Lauda, did you yeah. grow up with people calling you Grant Lauda Clam Chowda? No, but <laughs> this is, you just triggered like a memory <laughs> My dad was in the music industry, so very much into like recording and yes, had his own studio. Yes. And we would sing as kids, "Welcome to Camp Louder, where all we eat is clam chowder." He did, <laughs> he did like some like jingles as a kid, and I swear that was one of them. So, but I have not too much experience with kind of that Boston Louder, Louder. So, so that was that's what I couldn't get out of my head this morning. Grant Louder eats clam chowder yeah. before he uses his gunpowder. Down by would, the harbor. Ah, yeah. would you say it louder for the people in the back? Yeah, exactly. Grant it was. I know we'll get to my story. It's fun <laughs> in the Marine Corps because I'm not sure if you know about drill instructors. They always say scream louder. <laughs> so I kept hearing, I would hear louder probably like <laughs> louder, inf- infinite amount louder. of times throughout the day. So I'm like running to various drill instructors because I think they're calling my name, oh but my they're not. They're just, they're just yelling. They're just yelling louder. louder. Yep. Yeah. So. What? What? Oh, yeah. I imagine you were like jumping all the time. You yelled, scream yeah. louder. You're like, what? That's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Fun. All right. So, well, tell me, tell me real briefly, like when were you first introduced to the gospel and um, what did you think about it at first? Yeah, that's a very interesting question because, you know, by the grace of God, I was raised, both my mom and dad just love Jesus, Mm. still love Jesus, planted a church off the exit of Concord called Fellowship, um, and just love Jesus. Um, So I was, I grew up in it from birth. Um, I think I was probably baptized when I was in third grade, but again, I'm always like, I don't even know maybe what I was getting baptized for. Um, And so I knew the gospel, um, and it I don't think I ever thought anything, I guess, negatively about it. I kind of, I don't know if it was just kind of a cultural thing of, yep, this is what I believe because my parents taught me. Um, So I went all throughout my life really 
not wavering from my, whether it be verbal belief of the gospel and whether that was like a true heart belief or just kind of a mental educational belief. Um, but I received it and I believed it, um, I guess, yeah, since third grade. And I don't think I, I never wavered from that belief, um, kind of gets into my testimony to where it's yeah. kind of like murky a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was it was always kind of there and, and a part of my life. I love murky testimonies Yep, because the book of Jonah says salvation belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and oftentimes when we're telling our testimonies, we want it to be like all polished and packaged, yeah. you know, and really, really like tightly, you know, let me tell you the story yeah. and we want it all tight, you know, but salvation is God's work. Mm-hmm. It, it's not our work. It's not, here's what we did to save ourselves. It's, yep. you know, so um, sometimes the hand of God is mysterious and hidden. And so, um, so tell us what you, you, you kind of grew up saturated with the gospel in your home. Yeah. What a grace. Yep. Um, and then, so it's it's like you were always hearing the gospel as a young kid. Mm-hmm. And your like your earliest ability to think you're hearing the gospel. Yep. So when you were in third grade, you had a you you had an experience where you decided to say, That's what I believe, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make that public through baptism. Yeah, and that's and that's where I'm like I, I don't know. I, yeah. My memory is, I think I told my dad <laughs> I want to get baptized, so maybe he could he could tell tell you more. Um, it's hard. It's hard to go back that far. Yeah, yeah. third grade. I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. Like, do I? Am I even acknowledgement acknowledged of my sin? I don't really know. So, so many people can relate to exactly what you're yeah. saying, right? Like, they're going, dude, me too. Yeah. So, so then, would you fast forward then? Yeah. To go ahead and get into okay. So when the rubber really began to meet the road, and you began to emerge into your teenage years, mm-hmm. then what did that? What did a relationship with God look like? Was it existent? Was it vibrant? Was it non-existent? Was it, I'm going to fake everybody out? Like, what What did that look like for you? Yeah, probably whether I was aware of it or not, I was probably faking everyone out. Um, so the relationship with Christ was pretty much, I would say, so non-existent slash faking it out. I would you know, probably sophomore, junior year of high school. That's where I really started experimenting with, with alcohol and, and partying. And that's just a huge part of the culture where I'm from, very affluent Williamson County. And so there's not much to do, but go into these huge mansions in basements with pool tables, ping pongs, and just drink and, you know, pursue the passions of the flesh and just gratify them. And so, Started kind of dipping into that culture sophomore, junior year of high school. Was around a great friend group. You know, I loved these guys, played soccer with them, but none of them were believers. And so I did what they did. And that was kind of, you know, probably high school. And then so obviously you weren't, going to really college. In, you weren't really into sports. I was into sports. I was into soccer. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, is that a joke? <laughs> The most famous sport in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, Pastor Tim would be so proud. Yeah. He'd be we're, so- we're tired. Yeah. I need to go to a national SC game with him, someone yeah. who actually appreciates culture and yeah, yeah. normal sports. podcast listeners know I just poke fun of soccer. My yeah. my daughter plays soccer now. Yes. Yeah, so so, so I think I will now consider it a you sport. Better, yeah. Um when when you were kind of living this kind of typical teenage life. Yeah. In in were you in Nolensville at the time? Yep, I was yeah. in Nolensville, yep. So were your parents not, were they even aware of kind of what was going on? Yeah, they okay. they were aware. Okay. I mean, there was instances where police had to get yeah. involved, okay. come pick me up. Yep. So they yep. they yep. were involved okay. on my so pretty active. So then, what happened next? Yeah, I mean that kind of that sort of I guess pattern continued all the way through college. Can uh, I can I can I hit the pause button? Yes, you said police picked you up. Yes. Oh, <laughs> how many times? Uh. Actually, police have never picked me up. I've never but been in the back. Up. They showed up. Yeah, you yeah. never were in the back. Never in the back. Uh, no, no never handcuffed. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That's just, actually good. Yeah, very. Again, the grace of God was. But over they showed my up life. at a party you were at. Yeah, were you hosting the party? No. Okay, you were partying. I won't the party. tell you who was. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I yeah. don't know. But how many times were you at a party where the police showed up? Probably a, 
handful, wow. two handfuls. Wow. Throughout, like, if I... When took, they showed up, did they ever take anybody in, or did they just say, go home? Um, you guys get out of here. What it, yeah, kind of go home, get out of here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Have your mom pick you up. Yeah. Sort did of it stuff. freak you out when the police showed up? Yeah. No. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I had no... So interesting. No guilt. It was kind of exciting. I mean, your adrenaline's pumping, wow. like, running through backyards right, to, right, like, right, escape. Right, 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 and right. so it's like, it was it was fun. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Now fast forward. Yeah. Not going. in a good way. I'm not trying no, to... No, I'm, no. No. I'm, I, I <laughs> think... I think the heaviness of that is sitting on our listeners, right? Yeah. Going, yeah, that was fun. And yeah, that was dangerous. Yeah. And yeah, that was like spiritually blind, blinded, yeah. you know? And, and yeah, okay, go It ahead. was fun, but empty. I was empty. Yeah. And so that, so that continued through high school, through college. I went to Belmont University in uh, Nashville. So going to a Christian college really doesn't save you. Uh, like it, it didn't really do much for me. Um, so that continued into college. When you say it didn't do much for you, like spiritually, yeah, there wasn't anything about attending a Christian school that no. awakened you spiritually. No, it was yeah. it was even more annoying because they have like convocation that you have to go right, to. So I'm right. like, I have to go to this thing on yeah. Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Like, why do I have to do this? This is stupid. But I have to do it to graduate, and then you have to take a few introductory Bible classes, which I was like, and I was even like at that time like interested. Again, I like. I thought I found it fun to like read the Bible in some capacity. So again, I think, you know, God's just sovereignty and grace over my life. Like there's just these moments of like, man, I enjoy sometimes opening up the Bible and reading, but it just never, there was no personal relationship with Christ all the way through college, even even still. Okay. Did you sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit or did you sense a, a clouded conscience? Yep. In those days? Probably a clouded conscience. Yeah. I mean, I just... But uh, you weren't, in, you weren't like, in an intense battle with the Holy Spirit. No, You no, were still it, in it your lane doing your thing. Yeah, it was it was in my yeah. lane, but, you know, I'd, I'd periodically, like, be like, oh, I should stop, you know, doing these things that I'm doing partying-wise to really, like, focus on my schoolwork and, yeah. and just be a better person. Just that kind yeah. of vague morality, yeah, sure. moral relative sort of mindset. So it was kind of more cloudy, but no conviction from the Holy Spirit. So as you were growing up as a teenager, yeah. partying Friday night, yep. and then you go to church Sunday morning. Hated it. Solid church. Yep, very good church. You were hearing really good Bible teaching, yep, preaching. Very good. Um how did you did you tune it out? I didn't tune it out. I I like it was. Did you scoff at I, it? I call myself a Pharisee. Like okay. when, when I'm not sure if people are like have ever done like Bible studies where it's like who do you who yeah, like who right. do you like relate to in this passage? Yeah. And I'm like every time I read the Gospels, I'm like I'm a Pharisee. Yeah. So like I'm why going, is that? Why why? Because I'm like I'm going to church. And I, I know a lot. Again, I was, yeah. I was raised in the yeah, church. Yeah, you got the answers. I have the answers. I know it. And so it's just like this ego of like, cool, I'm saved. Maybe I can kind of do what I want, which shows kind of my lack of biblical knowledge there of like, I'm saved. I can do what I want because I'm saved. And now I can kind of have these maybe ask, you know, these philosophical conversations with my friends while we're, you know, sitting around a table drinking beer and kind of letting our minds go loose. I can kind of like be that guy who is still like, I remember being around under the influence and I'm like preaching John 14, like, no, only one way through salvation. Jesus Christ says he's the way, the truth and the light. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're like under the influence. Um, you knew all the right answers. I knew all the right answers. My heart was was so far. So even going to church after partying, I, I, there really wasn't much guilt or or conviction okay. to, to repent from that. Yeah, I think it's so helpful for people for people to hear yeah. your story because some podcast listeners right now they have a son or daughter that's in that exact same mm-hmm. zone. Um, they may have a spouse that's in that zone, um, and so I think your story is you're gonna kind of give us the rest of the story. Yeah, is a story filled with hope mm-hmm. because of how the Lord captured your heart. But you had these years where it's just like you were, you had all the right answers, but it was empty. Mm-hmm. Pick, pick us up. You you graduate from college. You go to Belmont. Went to Belmont, graduated. Uh, 
as a business major with a glorious 2.6 GPA. So it shows you how much I <laughs> enjoyed my uh, years in academia. But um, graduated and moved back in with my parents and was just uh, working as a car salesman at the Lexus dealership in Cool Springs. So hated my job, lived with my parents. Love my parents, but I mean, you're 24. Three, I think 22 at the time and I'm living at my parents. I have a degree and I'm like, I'm supposed to have a job, right? And I don't other than selling cars. So doing that, just kind of playing a lot of video games, drinking while doing it. And that was just like every night was wow. just, I'm going to yeah. buy a six pack of Budweiser and go play hours of video games and just wow. drown myself out. Um, so one thing led to another to where I was just so frustrated and enlisted in the Marine Corps on one of my lunch breaks. I was just like, I told no one. <laughs> I didn't tell my parents. I was just like, I'm going to, I'm sick of this. I need to go. Um, which is a side story. If you ever see me, ask me about why I joined the Marine Corps. Um, very selfish reasons, but very much just wanted to join and get out. Um, and, and so that kind of led me on this trajectory of, I'm not sure if you're aware, but they still drink in the Marine Corps. People uh, still do that partying culture in the Marine Corps. So I just kind of changed uniforms um, from college to, to now Marine. And I'm still doing the same thing, but that's really where God um, kind of ordained this. My, the first time I've ever had a one-on-one -on -one intentional discipleship relationship with a guy named John Martin. If you ever see wedding photos of us, he's the one who officiated our wedding and he just started loving on me and just started asking me questions about my faith and just started showing me the scriptures. Started. Where'd you meet him? Where was he? Is he a he, Marine? No, he was a Marine. He's like in his 40s, so he got out. Um, and as we just kind of commemorate 9-11, he got out like, which it's like a miracle how the Lord ordained, he got out like a few days after 9-11 when yeah. everyone's getting like called back in to yeah. military service. Yeah. He was able to get out. Yeah. Um, so he got out, um, and he just served with the ministry um, in the Camp Lejeune area, making disciples. In so and where did you time. meet him? I, I walked into church because okay. I knew. Again, I had that foundation, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm supposed to go yeah. to church, right? Maybe so I can I, find some drinking buddies at church. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I walked into the on-base chapel, and he is just, he has such a shepherd's heart. I mean, he... Any new person who walks to that threshold, 30 seconds, he's shaking his hand, like just the nicest guy ever. Me, I'm a little like put off. I'm like, okay, man, like whatever. He gets my number. Um, and that's how I first meet him, invites me to the Bible study on Wednesday nights. and So you get his number. Mm -hmm. John shakes your hand on church Sunday. He asks for your number. Yep. Does he call or text? Do you remember? He texts. He texts you. Yeah. What did he text you? Probably something like, Hey, we're, we, we have Bible studies on Wednesday nights and, and inviting me to that. And, okay. and then eventually uh, trying to, I think he reached out a few times to get like coffee or a one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. yeah. I blew those off Okay, probably for like the six months. There's like a six month span of wow. our first interaction. I was just kind of like, yeah, I'll come to Wednesday night. I would go, but then I'd be like, it's more fun to be in my dorm room kind of playing video games. So I'm not going to come. But um, one thing led to another where, we just, I, I, we finally met, um, and he just really challenged me to, you know, I was really just obviously defeated with where I was at in life. Mm. I had a sinful relationship with a girl that, you know, she broke up with me because of my, my drinking and stuff. I was, wasn't able to go on a deployment, which is a huge badge of honor being a Marine and an infantry Marine. Like Because of your drinking? Yeah, because yeah. I actually like, I, I, the girl broke up with me. And I saw, I was like, she broke up with me because I'm lying about drinking three beers. What, like, I'm like, what, why am I doing this, Grant? Like, you have, like, you're not, like, physically addicted, but you have some sort of thing that you just need to work through. So I self-referred myself to one of their kind of resources they, that they have uh, on base. Um, and that made me undeployable because of, of that, which, um, yeah. again, God's sovereignty yeah. Yeah. of just keeping me in that area. And he was like... You know, I call this the season where, like, I grew up in the church loving Jesus as my my Savior. You know, Jesus is love. He's my friend. But, like, this season in the Marine Corps, Jesus was like, I am your Lord as well. Mm -hmm. I'm the King mm -hmm. of Kings. Mm -hmm. um, and, Grant, I have chosen you, 
and my my wife hates how I phrase it like this, but she's like, you know, I've chosen you, and you're gonna bow to me. Yeah, and it might yeah. be I'm gonna break your kneecaps, yeah. and you're gonna bow to right. me. I'm gonna strip this all these false why did, identities. Why does your wife hate that? I think it might be violent for her. <laughs> the bowing. Yeah, the 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 no the breaking oh, the, of the, oh, kneecaps. the kneecaps. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I got you. I got you. So maybe a little too. Um, violent but um so let's go back to this this first meeting with john yeah yeah and um for six months he's pinging you yeah he's he's pinging me um i'm blowing him off but he's he's a smart enough guy to where after a few times i think he's like cool you know this guy's not he gives you space he's gonna yeah give me space but then all of those events that i kind of mentioned happened and I'm kind of like, all right, I guess I'll go back to this Wednesday night Bible study group. Okay. Um, and okay. so I'm kind of, I'm coming back into the fold, okay. I guess. And he kind of sees that. And that's okay. when, hey, let's let's uh, come over and we'll have some, he made me cheese quesadillas. Yeah. And, so let me ask you this, and this is pretty granular in your story, but um, when you reached back out to, when, when, you, when you went back to the Bible study, Mm-hmm. This is after, has the girl broken up with you at this point? Yep. And you've kind of had to put yourself in this, in this kind of, uh, what'd you call it? That this kind of self-referral situation. Had you, you had done that. Mm -hmm. So you were coming to terms with where you were in life. Yes. So when you went back to the Bible study, was there something stirring in your heart? Like uh, what, was there a turn taking place toward the Lord? Yeah, 100%. And I think the, the defining moment was I got cheese quesadillas with John, obviously something's stirring, but I got cheese quesadillas with John after you went back to the Bible study. Yeah. Kind of. So when you went back to the Bible study though, it was a little different for you. It was a little different. Okay. Okay. But but it really like, again, all these things are falling apart. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to the Bible study and maybe kind of reintroduce myself to this, this group. And they, they welcomed me with loving arms, but it really, kind of the the nail was hit on the head with cheese quesadilla night with me and John and he just challenged me to memorize Isaiah 43 18 through 19 he was which says remember not the former things nor consider the things of old but behold I'm doing a new thing and now it springs forth do you not perceive it all right so I'm gonna push pause right there yes and I want us to come back and I want you to tell our listeners, like what happened after that? You're you're at you're at coffee or your cheese quesadillas. Yep. Were you at his house? Yep, his house at the dinner table. You and John. Yep. You've known him six months ish. Probably around maybe there. a little yeah. more than that. Your life's falling apart. Yep. And he's does he have a Bible open? I don't think so. He's just. I mean, he probably does. Like he, the dude always has a Bible open, but he had that verse. But he's that. sharing yep. a Bible verse with you. Yep. We're gonna come back and hear how that hit you. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Okay, we're back. You're at the table with John. Yep. Your life's falling apart. Yep. You grew up in the church. Yep. You knew all the right answers, yep. but you were broken. Mm-hmm. And he shares what verse with you? Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. So um, just talking about remembering not the former things nor considering the things of old. Obviously I'm at this point where I'm just so fed up with where I've been. And so what a, what an invitation God's like, remember not the former things nor consider the things of old behold, I'm doing a new thing. And John just asked me just, and then this is like, has been inserted into my heart and just my, like, as I want to just pour into to people, anyone I meet of like, you know, John asked me, Grant, do you really believe 
God wants to do new things in your life and, and you know, make mm. you a new creation mm. and, and not just like, so, oh, cool, so now I can live the rest of my life and when I die, I go to heaven, but like truly do new things in your life to where he's going to make roadways in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, and it's just going to be a new thing. So he challenged me to memorize it. Um, and that just sent me on this trajectory of really just memorizing, you know, promises of God through the course of, I think the year we call it my 2018, which is like, I'm heartbroken because of the girl. That was like the biggest thing. I wanted her back. I would have dreams where we're like at the altar getting married. And I'm like, dude, mm. this is, you know, I'm, I'm getting back right with Christ so that, but there's still a little bit like, look, you know, girl, I'm following Jesus now. Like I'm good now. Like you want to take me back? So there's like all of this like heartache and it was just like I was depressed. And so with that verse starting with like new things, God promising new things to those who follow him. Um, the first new thing that he brought was another verse, Joshua 1.8, which is like kind of, I guess I would say like my testimony verse of this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Um so that you'll be careful to do according to all that is written in it, then you will make a way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. And so I, I was fed up. I was just, you know, I'm still frustrated, and like, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you in new things. I read this verse of Joshua 1.8, and I'm like, okay, Lord, like, I'm cashing this in. Like, I'm tired. Like, you said it. You said it right here. If I meditate on your word, you say it in Psalm 1. You say it Second 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 7. Like, you say all these things all right, I'm fed up. I'm going to just trust in in your promises and, and what your word says. So that kind of sent me on this trajectory where I don't think I opened my Bible once. We would memorize two verses a week for the Bible study, and I would just look them up, write them on three by five note cards, and I would just memorize them all through 2018. So two verses a week, and I was just like, just clinging to these promises that are just so incredibly, and there's just like a newfound look on his word of just like these rich promises that I'm like, how did I not like cherish these before? Like I knew a lot of these verses, but I'm looking at them like through a fresh lens and they're just so sweet um, and pure and just eternal. And so that kind of sent me on this trajectory of, of meditating on his word day and night. Um, Joshua 1.8 being kind of the, the, I guess the match that just started the whole fire of, mm. um, and then towards the end of that 2018 met my wife and stayed to be further equipped by those guys. And now we're here. So that's super fast forward, but no, yeah. I love <laughs> it. You know, I don't know if this analogy like resonates with anybody listening today, but you know, I don't see many three or four year olds that are really eager to drive a car. Yeah. You know, I mean, they play with their toys mm -hmm. and they drive their riding toys but when they see a car, they don't aspire really to get in the car. I mean, mm -hmm. every now and then you might have a kid, you know, get in the car. But, but like every fifteen-year-old I know, yeah, for the most part, is really eager to get in a car. Mm -hmm. They want a car. They want to drive a car. You know, and it, and it's like there's seasons of life, right, where these promises of God. You were in a season where, man, this the fire lit, mm -hmm. and I just and I think about what Paul said in in. First Corinthians, where one plants, another waters, yep. but God gives the growth. Mm -hmm. So your parents were faithful to till the yep. ground of your heart, to plant the seed of the gospel in your life. Your church was faithful to preach God's word faithfully mm -hmm. Sunday after Sunday. In all the youth activities that you hated and you thought were boring and that yep. you, you went to because you had to, but, but there were seeds being sown, you know, kind of in the back of your head. There's a soundtrack of the gospel that's being planted. Mm -hmm. But in God's sovereignty, in his perfect timing, he gave the growth where you're being challenged by John to memorize these for you're alone with the word of God and God begins to give the growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's incredible. Like yeah. I was walking this morning and obviously just reflecting on my testimony. It's just like, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I, so I hope that the, I hope your story gives hope to Anybody that has a teenager, has a college student that's not walking with the Lord, mm -hmm. that they don't give up praying for them. Yeah. They don't give up sowing God's word into them. I hope for disciple makers who um, need guidance to hear of the intentionality mm -hmm. that John took with you. Uh, you know, you didn't immediately respond. No. You know, and 
And yet then he saw some receptivity as you circled back around. Mm-hmm. And so you guys got together at this place. That kind of intentionality. There's Christians listening to this podcast today that they need to do exactly what John did in your mm-hmm. life, right? They need to invite somebody to coffee. They need to invite somebody over to their house. Yeah, They need to ask them spiritually probing questions. They need to challenge them. And um, it might be a planting moment. Mm-hmm. Or it might be a harvesting moment. It might be a moment that God gives growth. So you said uh, from there, you began to walk with God. Yeah. You began to experience a, a, re- a real relationship with God. Mm-hmm. The light came on. You were either born again or you were revived from your spiritual yeah. slumber. I decided to ask Jesus what, what happened during that time yeah. Yeah. Uh, in regards to salvation there. But yeah. So you start growing leaps and bounds with the Lord. Yeah. Um, you got out of the Marines? I did get out of the Marines. So I got out. They, uh, John and, and the rest of the guys uh, who helped disciple me formally asked me, Grant, would you stay here for two years um, and we'll continue to invest, equip you to just make disciples? Because um, towards the, probably like the final six months of my Marine Corps, you know, I was, you know, we were... Uh, not just attending Bible study, I was kind of invited to be starting leading Bible studies and help facilitating Bible studies. Um, so God was just doing like a, a, an incredible work, and so they asked me to stay for two years. I was able to get a remote job, work from home, um, and and kind of continue to laboring and being equipped for the last two years, which then led us to after that was up, we we decided to come back here to Tennessee and decided Clarksville. So. I love this, that you chose to stay in a particular place mm-hmm. where you were living for the purpose of being discipled and growing in your skill of making disciples. Yes. I love it. That That's powerful. It's, it, again, it's all of God's grace. I'm just like, man, yes. like, I, the job was such an answer prayer. Like, we were about to move back to Nashville because I was like, guys, like, I want this, but I was like, I'm not working at McDonald's to, to be able to stay here. Yeah. yeah. He's I was like, like, I yeah. don't want to come on full time. <laughs> There's a lot of conversation. Sure. We we're like calling a realtor to sell our house because we're like, sorry, guys, like, we're moving back to Nashville. And like, a job came out of left field and I get it, and which allows me to stay, which is what I wanted. Um, and it just like, God orchestrated it so just beautifully. Um, in, in no way I, that I could ever have imagined. So you get your life on track with the Lord. The Lord captures your attention, captures your affection. You come back home for Christmas. Yep. And you slide, as you like to say, you slide <laughs> into the DMs of this this beautiful gal. Yeah. What was her name? Her name is Lauren. Still is. I like her maiden name. What was her maiden name? Putty. Yeah. You guys got the last name. Putty and Louder. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it just seemed like such a bunch of dinkers or dopes or something. Louder Putty. She goes, that's funny. That's funny. In Nolansville. Of all In places. Nolansville. Yeah. Um, okay. So you guys go to coffee. We do. And the rest is history. The rest is history. We, I think we're married like... Eight months after our first Amazing. coffee. Amazing. Yeah. Eight months after your first coffee. Uh, how many years into marriage did you have your first kid? Pretty soon. I think it was we were married six months. She, Lauren would have to correct me on the math, but I believe it was like six months we were married, and then we conceived Rebecca. Amazing. Amazing. So yeah, pretty quick. What's your what's your your kids? Tell me your kids. So Rebecca is our oldest. She's about two and a half coming up on three now, and Sarah just turned one. So, so you're almost ah, uh, you're like you're like you're like somewhat newly walking with Jesus, somewhat newly married, somewhat yep. new dad. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun, right? <laughs> yeah, how you doing with that? <laughs> yeah, it's a blast. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, we both both my wife and I work from home, and we have two kids at home so it's just it's chaos but it's good and um yeah and that's why I just I give credit to God for that foundation like you mentioned just those faith that faithful preaching the faithful investment for my parents of like like I really did start walking with the Lord probably in 2017 into 2018 so relatively new but there's just like that yeah foundational yes. wealth that yes the, the Lord discipleship just like, began early yeah right yeah, yeah. and so it's just like Oh, the veil was removed. Probably like similar, like Paul, like he, he he's a Pharisee. He knows all of this stuff, yeah. and he's like, "Oh my gosh, okay, it's this is what I need to be doing." So that was kind of a similar 
thing of there wasn't much like okay Grant here's what the gospel is here's you know total depravity oh here, here's all this stuff it's like I kind of knew it all but right. it was it was so it was kind of a um interesting shift for sure you, you know what I liken it your story to and so many people have this kind of story but I liken it to the the movie that doesn't make sense till the end mm. where you're watching this whole movie and you think you know what's going on but then yeah. there's an event that happens that then you rethink the whole movie that you just watched yep. and it all makes sense in, in a different way. Dude. Oh my gosh. Like, and I hear people say like, you know, when you obviously are studying like the Bible and like Hebrew literature and stuff of like, we as Americans are like linear, like one, right, two, three, right, four, but right, right. very much not the case for Hebrew literature. Right. And obviously God who's out t- outside time <laughs> and space. So just these moments of like, it, it just, it's just interesting to see how God kind of worked and it didn't seem like he was working at the time, but as I look back, I'm like, which kind of gets into like where I'm feeling led in regards to like real life of like, man, I remember just, I was a punk kid, just uh, graduated high school. I'm in college, so I'm cool. I live on campus. I'm doing cool kid college things. And I email the, I forget his name. And I tried to find the email because I wanted to call him and just like thank him mm. and apologize halfly. But I emailed him with the subject line gap in ministry because I was like a college kid and I'm like, you know, you're not, you have no ministry for the college kids. Like there's this gap in ministry, but I'm like so arrogant about it. Cause I'm not even following Jesus. <laughs> he's like, yeah, okay. Like, like let's meet. He meets with me and he's like, Hey, yeah, you're, you're kind of right. But like, I'm having this Bible study with a few guys. Like, would you want to come? And I'm like, eh, no, like, so I, bl- I brush him off and then like full circle here I am at real life. <laughs> And I have I have a heart for that like eighteen to twenty six year old, so it's just like full circle. Like, it's it's just interesting. So so hold your hold your finger there. Yep. Tell me, what do you love most about your wife? I love her heart for others, Lauren. Yep, Lauren. Yep. I love. She is very empathetic and can really put herself into other shoes and how how they feel. She what she does for work is just incredibly just encouraging to see what she do for work. She works for her mom's nonprofit ordinary hero. And so they do a lot of advocacy and kind of resource advocacy, um, here in the States and kind of send it to local nonprofits in Ethiopia and partner with them and just kind of equip and help, um, fund and support them. Beautiful. And so a lot of that's involved like sponsoring kids. Um, what do you love most about your kids? Um, oh, Lord. Man, Rebecca is, she is so observant. I love how observant she is. And it's just like so cool to see her maybe around kids her, uh, her age. And I'm just like, she's like more observant than me. And just very <laughs> like can see like we move something from one room to another. And she's like, why'd you move that yeah. from that room? So That's it's just awesome. cool to see. And I'm, I'm excited to see how God yes. uses that yes. as she grows up. Sarah is one. And I think, <laughs> I think she's going to fulfill the, the stereotypical like middle child, just chaotic. She, she, so I like the energy. I'm, I'm hoping I'm trusting that God, we can just like harness that energy for, for good things um, and biblical things because right yeah she Full she doesn't on. she doesn't get her way she flails and yells and make it makes it known yeah. Rebecca is a lot more <laughs> even tempered kind of emotional well you bring a third kid in and yeah, yeah the one that's flailing right now it'll be interesting to see what yeah happens. we'll see how she adapts to that. all right so you guys you moved to Clarksville yep and you found real life we did uh, what do you love most about real life? The community, I think immediately from going to our first service, our first service was the week before Father's Day. So we started coming in like early June, um, immediately felt welcomed. Um, and then we went to the service on the land for Father's Day, um, met uh, an awesome couple, Jim and uh, Trina. Yeah. And and so they were part of our prayer group. Yeah. And we saw them next Sunday and they yeah, said hi to us. So it was just that yeah, instant yeah. feeling of like, oh, okay, we belong. Um, we're here. We're seeing people. Um, and, and so that is what really kind of kept us coming. And then just, you know, receiving intentional, you know, 
texts from you and, and Pastor Tim and even Clay and just like, man, like these guys, like a lot of times, like these guys don't have the time of day for, you know, the lay maybe. And, and, and yet here it's like, you're just intentional and y'all are like reaching out, get your hands dirty. And I was like, man, that's what I want to see. Not this like huge chasm between, you know, church staff and congregation. It's just like all, um, intermix, just that feeling of family and community. So I think, I think that's what we we've loved. Very so, cool. So far. You, uh, you've stepped into leading our college age and career, college age career, um, college age young adult mm-hmm. community group. Yeah. I'm so fired up about that. Dude, I'm pumped. Thanks for doing this. This, Humbled. this kind of is your passion area because of kind of what you experienced and the yeah. potential that you see. And, um, yeah, so thanks for doing that. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, and we're just eager to see all the other things that the Lord may put in your hands to mm-hmm. serve Him with. So we so appreciate the heart that you've come into the church with. Your eagerness uh, reminds me of DJ Daniel Cox. I don't. Did you ever hear this story? Uh-uh. Um, so uh, Daniel and Cecile escaped from. Uh, that's the way that he likes to describe it. Escaped from California. Ooh. And um, he literally, one Sunday, he put a letter in my hand from his pastor in California. Mm. Like a sealed envelope letter, like commending him. It felt very Pauline, mm. you know, like, yeah. you know, like the, here's the Apostle Paul, or he's yeah. sending someone I'm with a letter, right? Yeah, Daniel like, on my behalf, that, yes. welcome him. Yeah, yes. very like. Yes. And um, so like the next weekend, I was like, Daniel, our tech team's going to Atlanta for a conference. You want to go? He's like, mm-hmm. Sure. And you see where he's at today. Yeah. Running the show. That's and, awesome. Um, he also is leading a community group. And uh, I think his is maxed out and full. And yet he's like, we're going to multiply. So give us some more. Um, Let's go. So thanks, man, for hitting the ground running with us. And yeah. um, we're fired up. I We're going we're gonna to do a really, really brief next section. Okay. We're just going to like real rapid fire, real brief, famous last words from a preacher. Yeah. Anytime he says right. it's going to be short. Um, but we're going to talk about the sermon just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that people got to meet you. But let me just say this. Um, uh, you can find Grant on YouTube. You can find Grant on Sunday morning. You can find his community group online on the website. But if you know a, a college-age young adult who's eager to grow in their walk with the Lord, who's eager to connect and make some friends, um, we've got a place for them at Real Life. Absolutely, and yeah. um uh, I'm so fired about fired up about the people that have already joined your community group, guys mm-hmm. and gals, a great mix, and um, yeah, really excited to see what God does this semester. Yeah, we're hopeful for new things and excited. So yeah, there you go. Hey, we'll be right back. Are you in a community group at Real Life Sango? If not, why not? You know, we're not meant to live life alone, isolated from people. God wants us to be a part of His family. Community groups or where strangers become friends and friends become family. Let's not let the ideals of our culture today, of of consumerism and radical individualism, isolate us from the family of God. Take a step today. Find your people. Step into community. Text MISSION to 97000 and scope out the community groups. Sign up for one. Don't wait. Find your people today. Alrighty, welcome back everyone. So, not sure if y'all were at service this past week, but Freddie T led us in probably just a foundational gospel message in Romans 8, verses 1 through 4. Um, And I was super encouraged by this. I I think, um, and I have some questions for Freddie T. I'd love to hear his his thoughts, because my favorite part of Romans 8, uh, and just Romans altogether, and, and, you know, Freddie T., you touched on this early of just, like, the foundational, like, almost like X's and O's that Romans, the book of Romans as a whole, just provides for, like, what do we as Christians and followers of Jesus believe? And so, then getting to to Romans 8, where it's just, like, this hit upside the head, you know, starting in verse 1, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, um, we had fun in our uh, the college age group talking, and and I'm as y'all maybe get to know me, I love asking like the simple questions that kind of definitely you know I'm not I'm not sure if you heard 
the term Christianese of just like we talk Christianese. And so maybe people who are new to the faith, um, as we say these words like condemnation, which you defined and like, you know, spirit of life, you know, spirit of the flesh, like what does all this mean? And so Freddie T, we we were talking in our group, what does it mean? Verse one says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus what the heck does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? Who, yeah, that's good. Yeah, you're like, how do I get in Christ yeah. Jesus? Is he, Where's a pool? The do- yeah. is he a pool I yeah. jump into? Yeah. Like, do I go off the high dive? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Paul in Colossians talks mm. about Christ being in us mm-hmm. and us being in Christ. Um, and it's a little bit of a, you know, they, they, the idea, the idea is our whole, our, our whole position with God and our whole identity is made new and is changed. Mm-hmm. And um, to to be to be in Christ speaks of our relationship with God and our identity. So it's our position and our relationship with God. And it's really where have we placed our hope and hidden ourselves? Yeah. To be to be in Christ is to be in a relationship with God through faith in Christ. And the the what's so wonderful about God's word is that as we read it, you see a little layer, a little layer, a little layer. Mm-hmm. It's like an onion. Mm-hmm. And a relationship with God of being in Christ. The scripture says. All of God's promises to us are yes and amen yeah. in Christ Jesus. So it's, you know, you. What someone once said that the gospel is shallow enough for a baby to wade its feet in mm-hmm. and deep enough for an elephant to take a bath in. Yeah. Um, and so this phrase, in Christ, it's, it's almost like an onion mm-hmm. because the layers of meaning of what it means to be in Christ are really deep. But it's really simple and straightforward, and I think in the simplest way, it's 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 your faith is in Christ, and now you you the Bible says you become a part of his you're his body, yeah. you're in Christ. What did you say to the college students when they asked, "What does this mean?" Or was that the question you posed to them? I, I posed it to them, um, and what did they say? The response was uh, pretty similar to what you mentioned, and just you know believing. But I do think there is a lot of verbiage of like, you know, oh, okay, in Christ, I go to church. I, I do these things now. I do these Christian things, which isn't necessarily incorrect, but really wanting to hone in on just the identity of what it means to be in Christ and to, like you said, to put your hope and trust. I'm stealing this analogy that my father-in-law gave me like two weeks ago that he was like sharing. He was pumped about this analogy of like, what does it mean to believe? Like, James 2, 19 through 20 says the demons believe yeah. and shudder right. and probably have more reverence to Christ than I think maybe a lot of us have. Uh, and so what is it, what is it, what differentiates us from that sort of belief? And it was just this like idea of a tightrope across the Grand Canyon and a wheelbarrow. And the guy walks back like 10 times flawlessly doing backflips, cartwheels with the wheelbarrow. There's a crowd and they're like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, who believes this guy can walk across? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we all do. We see, we've seen it done. And they're like, okay, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow and go across? And then I was like, uh. so like us is like believing in Christ is like getting in the proverbial wheelbarrow and like actually going through life and trusting in Him um, instead of like, oh, I just need to go to church more. I need right. to to maybe do these things more. But right. that being a fruit of this kind of foundational relational hopeful, trusting relationship love it. as to what Christ has done for us. Yeah, well, I love, I love how your question forces the answer and the contrast mm-hmm. of, well, if if you're in Christ, you're not out of Christ. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that being outside of Christ could look like, and it could look very Christianly, mm-hmm. right? Like you could, you could be in church every Sunday. Yeah. You could be going through a lot of religious motions, but your heart could be dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to, so to be in Christ is you have come to that place where you realize you are hopeless. Yeah. Without Christ, you turn to him, you trust in him, 
when that happens, there's there's a myriad of tr- new true things about you. Mm-hmm. And in the Bible uses all kinds of different phrases to try to paint the picture of how wonderful this new life is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a new identity. It's a new power for living. It's a new hope. It's a new eternity. Um, it's a new a new family that we mm-hmm. have, but it's all in Christ from Jesus. And so I love the phrase, you know, in Christ. It's um I don't know if you've ever heard this illustration, but there's an illustration of like a like a giant cornfield. Yeah. And um, kind of like a maze, you know, the corn mazes that mm-hmm. you see pop up this time of year. Um, there's a little circle, like about an eight foot circle in the corn maze, uh, in, the, in, the, in the weeds, if you will. Maybe it's not corn, maybe it's just a giant, like a giant forest almost. But inside the forest, there is a, a circle that's been cut in the middle. And you're in the forest, but you're not in that circle. Mm-hmm. And here comes the forest fire. You know, the fires in Hawaii have been devastating. That's mm-hmm. been on the news a lot, right? People have seen that. And so, so the, it, it's like the fire is the judgment of God coming against sin. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't get in the safe place, the judgment of God is going to burn you up. Yeah. In, the, in this whole forest, there's only one safe place, and it's, it's the circle that's already been burned out. It's one eight-foot circle in these acres and acres and acres of a forest. Mm-hmm. And, and so the only way for you to be safe from the fire is for you to get in the circle that's already been burned up. Mm-hmm. Because if you can huddle down in the middle of that circle, the fire's going to come by, and it's going to I'm doing something with my hands that people yeah, can't yeah, see that yeah. you see right now. The fire's going to come by and it's going to go past you, yep. but it's not going to burn you mm. because you're in the part that's already been burned up. Yeah. Right. So, so that's what it means to be in Christ is to see, okay, Christ is the circle in the middle of a burning forest that he's the only safe place for me to be saved from the coming judgment. Um, so get in the, yeah, get in the circle that's already been burned up. Yep, and you'll be safe. And that's why I love just that. I feel like I, I enjoy those simple questions. And, and you know, this was pretty impactful for me in my walk of like, okay. And you kind of asked this again on Sunday, and gave some some thought to it of like, well, how do I know I'm in the circle? Like, I know what it means to be in Christ, but there's a lot of things that come our way of like in regards to our feelings, emotions, and we maybe stumble and sin. And so it's just, how do I know that regardless of anything, I'm in that eight foot circle and regardless of what happens, that fire will pass over me, which I didn't know if you had any thoughts of helping someone who's like, oh man, I, I did, I prayed, you know, maybe I prayed the, like my story, like I prayed the prayer in third grade and I was baptized. Okay. Maybe, I don't know, but like, how do I know like I'm wavering here and I know what it means to be in Christ, but how do I as a person know that I grant louder mm-hmm. am in Christ? Yeah, it's good, man. Well, first and foremost, it is the promises of God. Yeah. That you, you look to the promises of God for your assurance first. Mm-hmm. You look, you, you look to trust because the Christian life is a life of faith, not of feeling. Mm-hmm. So you take God at his word where he says, for everyone in Romans, uh, Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm. So it doesn't matter if someone feels saved. It doesn't matter if they have goosebumps yep. during worship. What matters is what has God said, right? So do you believe that? Are you going to take him at his word? And if so, that's the first place to start, yeah. right? The, 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 the question I'm... I often answer questions pastorally. And so the question, I feel like I would answer the question different depending upon where the person who's asking the question is. Yeah, And what I mean by that is um, Jesus seemed to always know whether people needed to be challenged or comforted. Mm-hmm. And some people, he in their face challenged them and other people he tenderly 
comforted. Mm -hmm. And so what I find pastorally is that most people have a little bit of a disposition one way or the other. Um, So some people um, presume upon God's grace. They take it for granted, Mm -hmm. um, and they're unmoved by it. So as a result, they may not take obedience very seriously. Well, they really need to be challenged to examine their life to see if there's any spiritual fruit. Mm-hmm. Right? They really need to be that individual really needs to be challenged. And so I think in the in verse four, where it says, In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. So 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 God did what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Why? In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So for some individuals, I would warn them and say, you should not presume that you were a Christian mm. if you're not visibly walking by the Spirit. Yeah. So there's some folks that need that kind of challenge. They need to be sobered. They need to be awakened. They've not been broken over sin in a long time. They need to be challenged. And then there's others that just find it almost impossible to believe that God loves them. Mm-hmm. And many of these people are, are the godliest people you've ever met. You see visible fruit from their lives. And you pastorally, if I'm over coffee with them, I don't want to warn them. I want to assure them. Yeah, I, I want to help them to see what I do see in their life. So, so the same phrase here could be a warning to one person and could be mm-hmm. a word of assurance to another um, in the sense of, uh, he says, uh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So for the one who's, who might be walking to the flesh, flirting with the flesh, he needs to be challenged by this to say, are you even in the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Where is the fruit? But for the one who has a really, really sensitive spirit toward the Lord, who's walking in the spirit, but fears that they're walking in the flesh, mm. um, they need to be comforted and assured by this to say, no, you, you are walking in the spirit. Yeah. You spend time in the spirit's presence. You're reading the spirit's word. Mm. You're talking to the spirit of God. Um, be assured this is this is what we see in your life. You're walking. This is how God identifies you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that is helpful at all or not. No, yeah, I like how you 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 went to a verse, and that's that was like when I was asking the question yeah. uh, on yeah. Sunday night in our group of like, regardless of how Grant feels, like regardless of how you feel, it is I can always go to. You know, mm. Romans 10, 13. I can mm. always go mm. to like, mm. okay, I have called on Jesus and I'm saved. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of how I'm feeling, I can just rest in that promise. And that's why I think I mentioned the verse earlier, Psalm 119, 9 through 11, of just like how does a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according mm. to your word. And so we just like build up this fortress of God's promises that, yeah. man, when I'm when I'm yeah. feeling insecure, I have yes. like Romans 10, 13. I'm like, yes. no. Like that—that's truth, and so yes. that was the first sermon I ever preached. Psalm one nineteen, really, verse nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, so good, right? It's a good one to start. It with. It is a great, great. Yeah. Hey man, this has been awesome. I love this. Like story. I really want to talk all day long, but we need to wrap the podcast. Yep. You got things to do. I got yep. things to do. But will you join me again next week? Absolutely. Let's do this again. Yes. Same bat time. Same yes. bat channel. Yes. Do you even do you know what I'm talking about with that? No. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Daniel does. Is that a generational like, thing? That was like Batman. When Batman <laughs> okay. cartoons were on TV, so like yeah, at the end of the show, thing. they would say, next week, same bat time, same oh, okay. bat channel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, uh, I am going to come back uh, with a little... Here, let me just do it right now. Okay. All right, let me just do it right now. This is like we're taking a hard right here. All right. So you talked about like these drinking parties and all this stuff. So there's a church planter in Arizona, and uh, he had a, a glass eye. And uh, our church in Arizona, we're partnered with this church. And we took him to lunch one day. We were encouraging him. And, and I, I don't know how his glass eye came up, but it came up. And so he started telling us this story about how in high school he was really, really wild. And he would go to these parties and he would get drunk and all these things. But he was raised in church. So mm-hmm. he was in kind of turmoil, you know. And 
in one night at two in the morning, he and his buddies, they're all like kind of half hungover, half drunk. And he breaks open the Bible and he's reading the Bible. And he comes to that text that said, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. And he said, I just grabbed a fork and went to town on my eye. And he's telling us this over lunch. And I am like jaw dropped. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you serious? And he's like, no, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But but I was like, what? And and then here's the thing. He never told us how he got his glass on. Uh, he probably actually did that. <laughs> Maybe he's he like didn't. guilty. He yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, it's probably a fishing accident or something. I don't yeah, know. You know, I got a buddy. Cow. I got a buddy at the church that's having a cataract surgery today. And uh, um, anyways, but he had a, a, a fishing accident, I believe, years ago. But um, okay. yeah, that's crazy. That I couldn't help but to think of that old story. Hey, man, um, thanks for joining us on the podcast. As always, keep it real. Keep it Jesus. We'll see you guys soon. See y'all. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.